Hello and welcome to Move the Line. I'm Ryan Noonan. This episode of Move the Line is brought to you by our friends at NoHouseAdvantage.com. Make sure you check out NoHouseAdvantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but it's also where you play. Joined here, as always, by my friends Connor Allen, John Daigle. Connor, start with you. How are we doing today, buddy? Good, good. That was a very nice, uh, nice promo there. Just had a good, good cadence. I like that. But now week four, man, it's uh, we got a little bit of data. I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, ready to get after it this week. Good. Daigle, how we doing, my friend? Feeling good until you read out our live records mm. through three games. But we're going to improve. We're going to get better. <laughs> it's OK. This is a forward thinking show. Forward thinking show. It's important to have that mindset. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll chalk it up to. Three weeks of variance, and uh, we'll get on the right side of it. But a uh, reminder, we'll be live right here, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday night, leading you into Thursday night football, discussing our favorite games on the board and taking your questions. So if you are hanging out with us now on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show and uh, jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite look for week four is, sides, totals, anything like that. Um, we'll jump into you know props later. But I uh, also want to remind you, too, September, we'll get you 25% off of a new sub at four for four again sub timber head over four for com slash plans scoop up the betting sub it'll get you everything you need to be profitable literally everything on the site access to every article rankings projections subscriber only discord uh, you'll be able to get one-on-one uh, -on -one interaction with daigle if you want to know his waiver wire thoughts uh dfs plays you can interact with connor and i on the betting side and let you know uh, get those props as soon as we drop them to a uh, September 25 percent off and again, just to the end of the month, uh, that's going to get you a pretty big discount. So you want to take advantage of that before it expires here. So want to remind everyone, we have two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available to stream live here on YouTube. Again, subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, also in podcast form, wherever you consume podcasts, in addition to the game previews here on Thursday nights, Move the Line Prop Drop is live at 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday with Pat Mayo and Connor and I uh, all season. We did a uh, season-long prop show you can check out some of those, you know, those are kind of the wins. We want to kind of, you know, harken back to some of that stuff was a little bit more successful. Uh, we're we're going to return to the page. It's October, new month. Uh, we're excited about it. So, again, I want to tell you about our friends at No House Advantage before we move forward. Uh, they are changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. You can play in pick'em contests versus other people for a shot to win up to $250,000 in cash. You can download the app. Choose a contest, select your player props, and earn points for correctly picking and climbing the leaderboard. Um, you can basically test your skills against the house or play in their different games. You can 20x your entry if you hit all your picks. You can bet up to five player props, picking over and under on individual player matchups across every major sports league. Use our promo code 444 at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app, and a first-time deposit will be matched up to 25 bucks. All right. Turn to the page. We mentioned last week, did not go so well. Uh, Connor led the way, 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Great job, buddy. Uh, Daigle on the board as well, 1-2 last week. Um, I, I stumbled last week. Not a good week. On the season, we are all um, struggling. We'll put it that way. Um, we're going to move the page. Turn forward. Connor, first pick, week four. Let's get it. Yeah, well, I'll I'll talk about this later again here, but uh, damn Davis Mills, you know just, those picks were just brutal, backbreaking. Dude, Davis Mills is so bad. You got to stop breaking. 
He's oh, so bad. God. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> it was, I mean, that was painful rewatching the game. But anyways, we'll start here. Bills, Ravens. I like the over in this game of 51. Uh, I know it's getting a little bit of action here on the under, but both teams right now heading into this week, top five in offensive efficiency, defensive side, still a little bit banged up. Uh, the Ravens recently losing uh, defensive tackle Michael Pierce. Also, I mean, their secondary is a little bit healthier than they were against the Dolphins. Um, but I don't really think they're playing all that well, well with uh, Marlon Humphrey playing a little bit in the slot. I think that Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs end up having pretty good pretty good games here. But for this game specifically, I think the Bills go for 30-plus here easily. Um, the Ravens giving up 26 to the Patriots last week, 42 to the Dolphins the week prior. Uh, and I think the Bills are just an, another level beyond those teams here, at least beyond the Patriots. Um, on the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson looks awesome. I mean, they're passing the ball and still being efficient offensively, uh, despite their offensive line not really being healthy, despite not having a running game. Now they get, uh, looks like Ronnie Stanley's going to be back. Looks like J.K. Dobbins is getting a little bit healthier. Um, I think that they should be able to cook here against this, this uh, Bills team that is also a little bit banged up. So I like over 51 here. Um, and I think this game has this like massive shootout potential uh, if he keeps going back and forth. This is a fair question in the chat um, from Javon, who also uh, shout out hangs out with us on uh, Prop Drop as well. Um, any weather concerns with the game? 15 mile per hour winds, chance of rain. Um, um, I mean, Chris Allen's done great research on wind. Wind literally does not matter until 20 miles per hour or more. From there, it matters a little bit. And then 25 mile per hour plus is where you really need to pay attention. Rain, unless it's literally like the downpour we saw in Chicago, it generally doesn't matter. Also, it's a fool's errand to try to predict weather uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've, I've had start sit questions sent to me already, and it's like, doesn't matter. Like, I, I can't answer, and I'm doing a disservice to myself if I try to answer on a Thursday for weather questions. Like, we just don't know until Sunday morning. It changes so much. Having said that... I would like to bring to a bet to the table because I think this game goes under. Mm, um, let's do what it. What we have seen so far is that Lamar Jackson, six of his 10 touchdowns have come against the Blitz. He's completed 81% of his passes against the Blitz this year. The issue is the Bills have only blitzed eight times all season because they know they can get pressure with their front four. And that's with Ed Oliver being banged up all season long. I think it's a totally different game script than what everyone assumes. Lamar Jackson's 11.5% touchdown rate as well, literally double than what he's averaged the last two seasons. It's going to regress eventually. And given the weather concerns we also may have in this game, um, I think this one lets everyone down for sure. So I think it goes under. This is this is good. We can do a double or nothing on our Renfro Hollywood bet that you it already took you lost. over time to beat me. So no, 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 he was winning the whole game. He was winning the whole game. No, that, was, no, no, that no, no, is no, not no. true. He was winning heading into overtime. That is not true. He had 45, Renfro had 42 but he did uh, pick up a bigger lead in overtime. I, so. I think, I, but I do think it lets everyone down. Yeah. Here's what All I will right. say. I, I kind of like, oh, I've been back and forth. I've been staring at this one. Um, what's massively different here for the last couple of games that we've seen Lamar succeeding is he's seen two of the man uh, heaviest looks so far defensively, New England and Miami and Buffalo plays, especially with this beat up roster is going to give him almost no man looks. He is going to have to beat his own. And I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying it's a drastically different um, outlook than what he saw against those two teams. So if there's a side that falls short, I kind of agree that I think there are some uh, hesitancies on the Baltimore side kind of keeping up the pace. I agree with Connor. I do think that Buffalo could you know push 30 here. Which could you know get them get this over the total anyway? Their team total is out there at twenty seven on Fanduel, which is um, again something I've been staring at um, for the past forty eight hours. But 
that's also different. I just want to add that to the layer here because I do think that there is going to be a different schematic look than what Lamar seen in his success, J.D. Chris Allen is in town in Chicago next week for the Chicago Marathon. He wants to make sure he accomplishes something, even though he's already living an amazing life, uh, by the time he turns 40. Thus, the bet, Connor, is the pizza tab. Shout out to Pequods for next week. You come over to my place. Chris Allen also here. We eat together, but the person pays for whiskey and pizza. Um, whoever loses this bet. I'm I'm very much in. I don't I don't know. We'll settle the Renfro one separately then, but that is very, very much fine. Or I can just keep racking up a you know two, three, four oh lead throughout the season. Uh, it's the only bets I, that I'll be winning, it looks like. A double handle of makers and, and large Pequods will cover both bills. It's fun. Well, that's I fair. guess unless you win both, and that's not fair. I shouldn't count what, <laughs> what I should have to pay you. But, yeah. but either way, I'm in. That yeah. sounds great. Either way, I'm in. So Apple-infused whiskey? Oh, well, we, we tried, tried that. that. <laughs> we tried that Friday night. As you know, it didn't work out. It was a good effort, though. Uh, well, listeners, I, I got better ideas moving forward. Listeners would have respected your, your effort there. So, um, hey, what are you going to do? You can't muddle, right. you can't muddle Fiji apples. Apparently, they have to be Honeycrisp. I didn't know that. Mm. Okay, all right. Down to try uh, a, a sip or two. Show. Yeah. Hey, whatever. All right. First one for me. Uh, I should have played this last week. I was so frustrated that I didn't. Rule of thumb: anytime the Jets team total is out over seventeen, should just take the under. I'm taking the Jets under nineteen and a half here. It says minus one hundred five on Caesars. I think you can even get you know an eighteen and a half at plus money on points bet if that's your thing too because you know 18 19 fairly irrelevant as far as distribution of scores go historically but uh minus 105 on caesars is, is a fine look uh i i just i've been down on zach wilson forever i, I was shocked look going back to the draft process that he was just this shoe in number two pick in that draft um and no one was even considering anyone else they were locked in and just haven't seen anything to match that. And now we're dealing with, you know, he's rusty coming in, limited uh, preseason work, obviously, uh, with the bone bruise and meniscus tear. And this offensive line is a problem. They, they've, they're running through tackles. George Fant, the latest addition to the IR, um, Connor McDermott is now starting, protecting his blind side. This is the fourth iteration of left tackle that they're rolling out, also rolling out a fourth round rookie and Max Mitchell on the other side of tackle. And I know that this is not the same Steelers defense without TJ Watt, but still, I just don't have any expectations for Zach Wilson to hit the ground running here and be a talent elevator um, and to you know overcome these deficiencies along the offensive line and encouraged by Minka Fitzpatrick, who practiced uh, Wednesday and Thursday, was concerned about his status with a concussion from last week. Looks like he's going to be good to go. So, yeah, this is not the elite pass rush unit in Pittsburgh without Watt. But again, I just don't think we're going to get, you know, three, four scores here from the Jets, and that's what we need to to get over here. So not a, a huge fan of the Steelers in the spot. But again, uh, this is more of a fade Zach Wilson than the Jets offense. Last year, Zach Wilson had a 58% completion rate. Terrible. Got injured. Mike White comes in, shows him for better or worse. Like, hey, if you just dump the ball down, Mike White did nothing else. But if you dump the ball down, you can pick up these yards. Like, I am teaching you how to play football. Uh, Zach Wilson comes back from week 12 on, still ranks 33rd in rate of passes within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. Still just a deep thrower. Completed even less, 54% of his passes from week 12 on uh, when healthy. So, Zero faith here. I think the Steelers, even without TJ Watt, I think the Steelers take it to them. 
Yeah. I mean, even this is ties into my third bet here, but I, I will just say that we'll get into that later, but I do agree very much with you guys here. Love it. Uh, JD, first one for you, buddy. I am continuing to lean on the Eagles heavily. And that's because we don't know about the Jaguars defense just yet. Uh, they had success against Washington, but Carson Wentz, just in terms of fantasy points, still went over 300 yards, 28 fantasy points, a couple deep shot touchdowns in that game, uh, through four total overall. Then again, Matt Ryan and the Colts, after 91 plays, traveling on an early kickoff road trip. So easy spot for the Jaguars defense. And then last week injured Justin Herbert behind an O-line that lost center Corey Lindsley and left tackle Sean Slater in game. So I have major question marks about Jaguars defense. And what we've seen from Jalen Hurts is that he just continues getting better as a passer every single week. And it's even like not even adding with his legs. Like, yeah, he had 12 carries last week, but he averaged two yards per carry. Like they actually stuffed him on the ground and it didn't matter whatsoever because he's now getting it done through the air. So I think the Eagles carry their weight here. I question if the Jaguars carry theirs. Trevor Lawrence is bottom five right now and the league in percentage of passes he's seen against man coverage and Jonathan Gannon mixes it up with both cover one and cover three as well. So still question marks about Trevor Lawrence too. Uh, I like the Eagles to roll here, minus six and a half steal before it becomes a touchdown. This is one of the most painful ones for last week too. The Eagles team total over 26 and a half. They scored 24 in the first half and cannot muster any more points. I mean, they but, didn't uh, They didn't need to because Carson no. couldn't muster points. Like they just, no, they, they threw the talent. Yeah. That one in the uh, Drake London, 54 yards with uh, 54 and a half. Just tilting some of last week's stuff still. Trying to move forward, guys, but uh, bringing up old stuff. But yeah, uh, the, the Jags, it's hard not to be encouraged. We've been bullish on them all season. But again, I'm kind of with, with JD here. I, I kind of want to see it against this type of competition. I think the Eagles are legit. Connor, any thoughts on the spot? No, I, I largely agree here. And I guess my biggest point here when looking back at this Chargers team, Justin Herbert just so clearly banged up, recording an on-target throw percentage of just 37.8% last week. That was like 20% lower than the second-worst quarterback. Baker Mayfield leads the league in uh, on-target or, or leads the league in the worst on-target percentage with 56%. Justin Herberts was 37% last week after posting 82% in week one, 76% in a game in week two where he was already partially banged up. So I, I like don't even really count that game for a Jaguars win, all things considered. So obviously... The Jags, we're excited about them. They look good. They've been better than expectation, as we've been hoped. But I think this is a spot here where the Eagles are able to just take it to them at home. Yeah, Football Outsiders, DVOA loves them so far. Uh, total DVOA, they are fourth. If you look at their um, offensive DVOA, uh, both. They're both top five. Um, but when you look at their schedule adjusted, they're telling you basically they played the third easiest schedule to date. So to Diggle's point, we want to see it against a upper echelon team. Uh, because obviously what they had against the Chargers last week is not the full version of the Chargers based off of all the injuries that they've had, you know, outside of Herbert too. It's just a, been just a clusterfuck there. So it's unfortunate, but uh, hopefully moving forward, they can get uh, their stuff together. But uh, back to you, Connor, for bet number two. Yeah. So my second bet here, betting against the Bears again, uh, <laughs> Giants uh, minus three. Uh, so again, we talked about this rewatching the game last week. It took Davis Mills throwing a pick in the end zone that bounced upwards, like literally bounced off the arm upwards. And then another late pick in the game. There was a deflection off of the defensive lineman that landed right in Roquan Smith's arms just for the bears to win by a last second field goal at home. Now looking at this matchup specifically bears run defense right now, 20th and run DEPA 26 and explosive run rate. 
Uh, and that plays, I think, right into Saquon. I think that despite the Giants being banged up uh, on with the receiving core, I just don't necessarily think that they even need them to be uh, successful in this spot here. And specifically looking at the other side of the ball here with the Bears having the ball, anytime they drop back, they're going to be under pressure here. Don Wick Martindale, known for bringing heat, blitzing at one of the highest rates in the league right now. Justin Fields so far ranks second worst against the Blitz, negative 0.6 EPA. Uh, and looking at Justin Fields so far this season, per PFF, has a 9% turnover-worthy play rate so far. Next closest player has a 5.9% rate. That's the same difference between the second player and the 24th-ranked player in the league right now, according to quarterback. So he's taking sacks at a high rate. He is turning the ball over at a high rate, and he's going to be, you know, they're going to blitz his face off. Now, my only concern is if the Bears' running game just gets Correct. rolling. And, but I'm thinking, I mean, with a whole week, and just knowing you've seen three games, the Bears can't pass the ball. You have to be loading the box. You have to bet that they're not going to be able to throw the ball downfield. And if that works, the Giants should win here by two touchdowns. If they can't do that and they mess it up, then they are definitely in trouble in this game. Game uh, can get out of hand. But I'm willing to bet that uh, anyone who's watched the game just knows to do that. So uh, Giants so minus three for me. Your concern is mine, and that's because the Bears are an above-average team at running the ball. Like it's not a fluke sure. at all. They're no, they they're are. they're ninth in football outsiders, adjusted line yards on offense. They're twelfth in ESPN's run block win rate. They're seventh in yards before contact. They are very good at getting it done and creating gaps for two good running backs, Khalil Herbert especially. Uh, and that's why they have a league low in dropbacks, league low in pass attempts, league low in completions. They don't want to pass the ball because. We've all seen Justin Fields try to throw the ball. It's a disaster. And so, like, they're getting it done through the air. Justin Fields does rank, or he had did complete 46% of his passes against man coverage last year, which we know the Giants are going to throw at them given their high blitz rate. Uh, but again, like, even in blitzing, Justin Fields has only attempted nine passes against the blitz this year. Like, if they see blitz, the Bears know what they do best, and they will run the ball. That's why I worry here. Uh, the Giants have four running backs against the Giants this season have gone for over 70 yards, four different running backs. Like the Giants are bad against covering the run too. I think it's a pretty big day for Khalil Herbert. Yeah. They're first in second level yards. They're like sixth in open field yards. So like, you know, and there, and so there's some there, they have some very good beat reporters here in Chicago. Uh, some are homers, like a lot of teams and those, those Homer beat reporters lean a little too close to the edge and saying, oh, I thought that they were going to be a bad offensive line. Like uh, everyone needs to correct themselves. Brother, like this is a terrible offensive line. The difference is they are they are arguably the worst at one thing, but very good in another thing. So just keep leaning into that very good thing. And, and this is what I brought up. I don't know, whatever. After the Packers game, I was like, hey, like they're not as bad in a lot of facets. They at least have one, they have one redeeming quality and that's their run blocking offensive line and their running game. The rest of their team is terrible. Um, and Brian here in the chat says he's actually disgusted that I said the Giants. Brian, I'm sorry. I'll uh, buy you a shot of Malord at the bar later uh, if, if you don't want to celebrate the Bears win. Well, they're dead last in adjusted sack rate and by like a significant margin, right? So like part of it is the concerns about maybe the team not trusting fields to throw the ball. They also don't trust the offensive line to protect him because they are last in adjusted sack rate by a pretty significant margin. Actually, the Giants are 31st. Uh, but pretty sizable gap when you look at the football outsiders metric there. So um, one of these teams is going to be three and one at the end of it, which is wild to think about. Um, but 
here we are. I still don't think either team wins the division or makes the playoffs or anything like that regardless. So uh, not super competitive teams long-term, but uh, this would be a good spot for the Bears. You look at the schedule. Like it is, it's not as easy as the Eagles, but man, the Bears schedule is, they win this one. I think our five and a half might be a little bit in, in danger because uh, they're definitely, I know they're still not a good football team, but again, like we did not start thinking they're starting or being in position to start three and one. I think they play the Falcons and the Jets, though, both on the road, which hurts their case a little bit. Um, so, you know, they, it's still live. It's still live. It just needs to. Oh, no, uh, it's, yeah. I'm just saying. Just, you know, it, we're running on fumes here if they roll off a few more of these these bad team wins. But that's kind of the issue is that they're good at something, and sometimes that's enough to get it done. All right. Bet number two for me. I am going to back the Colts. Uh, minus three. Minus uh, 110 on points bet here. This one's pretty simple to me. I mean, these are actually, I think, fairly straightforward teams to handicap. Um, we know kind of what they want to do, especially the Titans, right? They're so limited on what they want to do offensively. They want to run the football and they're going to try their damnedest to do so. Unfortunately, their offensive line is garbage and it was bad before Taylor Luan went down. Now it's even worse since he's been down. They actually are what, 31st? No, yeah, 31st in the league in rushing yards before contact. Um, they are getting pummeled in the backfield. And everyone knows what they want to do, right? So they're seeing more stuff boxes than ever before. And it's a bad matchup against the Colts run D that through three weeks is allowing just 2.6 yards per carry to running backs. They've allowed one carry all season over 10 yards. Uh, we all know DeForest Buckner up front. You might not know Grover Stewart. He's outstanding. He's second in run stop win rate on the season. He leads all defensive tackles and run stops on the season. And then they got two linebackers who are filling in for Shaq Lawson or uh, Shaq Leonard, who's still out in EJ speed and uh, Bobby Okariki, who are top seven in PFFs uh, linebacker rush defense grade. They are a really good run stopping unit. Clyde Edwards Hilaire had seven carries for zero yards last week. That's a really good offensive line in Kansas city. So I know we don't think necessarily highly of CEH's skill set, but that offensive line is really strong. This is a stout defense up front, and that's the entire handicap on the Tennessee side. Like, if they cannot get going on the ground, like what we saw in uh, week two when they went to Buffalo, they got nothing. It's a very limited passing game. You can blitz uh, Tannehill, who is plummeting when you look at advanced stats against the blitz. It is not pretty. Um, and I just don't think they have really anyone on the outside that can make you worried about going run heavy up front. And then defensively, they're struggling as well. They are, I think, 29th in EPA on the season. Um, they are 25th in explosive rush rate allowed. So I think you could see some big carries on the ground from Jonathan uh, Taylor. And they're also struggling against uh, elite wide receivers. And again, Indy is pretty limited, but they do have an elite wide receiver. They're going to be without Christian Fulton in this one, I believe. And they are 31st in past DDOA against wide receiver ones on the year they're 32nd against wide receiver twos so like it's whatever you want to classify one versus two they're terrible against passing games uh home in the division where i thought the colts were the team to be over the titans all season at just three i'm gonna back the colts so it looks like uh recently like within the last like hour or so it's moved to three and a half universal you could still buy back to a mm. three because it's like minus 105 a points bet so like if you really want to get to three you could probably at minus 115 what do you think about three and a half? Do you still like it? Are you still lean there? Would you, I mean, would you buy to the three at points bet at minus one five, probably pay like one fifteen, or just like stay off and hope to get back to three at some point? Uh, I probably still like it at three. I wouldn't buy back the points at all. Um, or that three and a half, but um, yeah, I mean, 
probably yes. up to up to four, four and a half. I mean, I just I just don't think like the Titans team totals will look for me too. Uh, I just I just don't see how they're going to get going. Like you and I were talking again. I know we're not going to get into props, but like when you know I do my process for the week, like Derrick Henry under was going to be a play for me. Um, but the books sharply opened it at like 71 and a half, which is very so like it's almost 20 yards lighter than where he's been all season long. So they know that he's going to be in trouble here too. So again, I just don't think that there's anything ceiling wise offensively for them to move the football. And I know the Colts have been bad. I know they've been limited. I know they've had trouble protecting Matt Ryan, but again, what they want to do offensively actually gels pretty well with what the Titans struggle with. So yeah, I'd be comfortable at the three and a half still, obviously they prefer the three, but I'd still play it. I just, I just can't figure these two teams out. So I'm, I have no opinion on this game. That's fair. Total of 43. I mean, uh, what's the Titans team total noon? And I mean, I know you were looking at that as well, right? Yeah. 19 and a half. Um, as not a bad look. no, similar to the Jets, right? We were thinking mm-hmm. that they are going to struggle to get three, four scores. That's, you know, definitely in consideration. It's on the short list of, of, uh, there's a lot of unders team total unders that I think are viable plays this week. Cause it's one of them. Fair, fair, JD. I mean, we can't have a take on all the games, but uh, I, I get it. Like, I don't feel confident about the Colts on the whole, but uh, I just think it's a bad, bad matchup for what Tennessee wants to do. But give me your third play. Uh, it's my second play. Your second play. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I am betting the Cardinals money line against the Panthers because the Cardinals are dogs, and I'm not sure why. Uh, they've increased their pace the past two games. They've run the league's highest rate of no huddle in that stretch, so I'm assuming they will have more volume in this game than the Panthers to succeed. But really, this is a bet about the lack of confidence I have in Baker Mayfield, who is a downgrade over Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold, everyone they've had in the past. Um He's not able to do anything. He's 33 out of 34 quarterbacks in completion rate from a clean pocket this year and has an even worse completion rate, 43% when under pressure. Cardinals front seven is also getting a little healthier now with J.J. Watt at full strength, getting others back. Marco Wilson expected return at, in the secondary for this game. And so like, I think their defense, it may not even be average. It may be slightly below average, but a slightly below average defense is better than what Baker Mayfield is and who, and who he's been this season. So, yeah, I, I just like the Cardinals outright here because they're the better team no i think also that cmc uh probably i think he kind of matters to this this offense here is like by far their best player i think that he might miss and if not you know we've heard that he's going to be limited potentially so yeah i like the cardinals here also uh i like them to be potentially like a teaser leg as well like if you can get them above the seven there um i I think that's a great leg too because i I just don't see the panthers being able to pour it on uh, even though like you said, a degraded Cardinals team. I think that's still a solid look here for them to win. I struggle with this one. This is, you know, I almost want to do what you just did and throw my hands up and say, ah, I don't know about this game at all. Like Arizona doesn't have much pass rush. I worry about them moving the football. Like it's been kind of fluky to me for them to do stuff late. I have zero faith in backing Baker with any money, like rewatching some of these games with Baker. Like so bad. he's getting balls batted down the line, like crazy. He's terrible. Uh, he is I mean, whatever the opposite of a talent elevator is like, you know, these, I can want to continue to chase like DJ Moore in this spot where I'm like, gosh, his prop number is so low. It's a great matchup. Arizona's, you know, a terrible time. I can't, can't, can't do, do it. it. Cannot like do it doesn't, it. it doesn't get any easier either. 46% of his targets have come within nine yards of the line of scrimmage and it doesn't matter. He's still posting a career low catch rate, 20% lower than his career average. Like because Baker Mayfield's on target rate in that range is so bad. It's so bad. So yeah, I, I, I wanted to uh, to find ways to attack it because I do think CMC is going to be out. We, you know, we got some whispers on that on Tuesday, and it seems to be tracking that way. 
And I do think he matters for this team. Uh, Arizona is by far the worst team in the league at defending passes to the running back position as well. Again, would have been another nice matchup for them if they would have utilized them that way. But yeah, I mean, I get the Arizona lean and I kind of agree with Connor too. It's a, it's a decent teaser leg because you can be able to tease them up through the three and seven. So yeah, no problem. I mean, if worse, worse comes to worse, Kyler, Kyler will just run around until they get, you know, kind of close to, to winning the game again, you know? So, I mean, I can't imagine the Carolina scores more than like 21 points. So you know, I'm sure that they'll be able to keep it within a touchdown or so. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think they reached 21. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, they'll, they'll get there. So I, I like the Cardinals there as well. All right, my third bet for me, something you've already talked about, Steelers minus three. Uh, I mean, beyond everything you talked about here, I just think the Jets' defense is so bad. Like, I, I don't love Trubisky. I don't love this spot necessarily, but they're secondary right now, allowing 7.5 yards per attempt, 67% completion rate. Right now, dead last in pass DV, DVOA, 30th in EPA against the pass. Um, I mean, for me, like it's now or never for Mitchell Trubisky and it's the answer is most likely never, but I still think the bad quarterbacks can have, have success here against his jets defense, which are just secondary. The run defense is actually pretty good, but the, um, the pass defense here, I think is significantly, uh, worse. And on the other side of the ball, like you mentioned, Pitt's Pitt's defense, 13th in EPA, ninth against the pass right now, Zach Wilson, I think part of the Zach Wilson bull case was surrounding his playmaking and ability to like kind of move like a little bit of mobility there and uh, coming off a torn meniscus and knee issues is not going to really, you know, promote that. So you're talking about basically, you know, a pocket sloth, uh, Zach Wilson against the Steelers here. Uh, I think that he, he gets destroyed. And as you mentioned, I've just such a little confidence in him in general, like after what we saw last year, that it would would have taken a great offseason, you know, a couple of good weeks here against maybe bad opponents to get his confidence up to maybe have a fighting chance in this spot. Uh, but I don't think he does. So yeah, I like the Steelers here, minus three, just for I just don't think the Jets score that much. And even Mitchell Trubisky should be able to get it done against the secondary. I do think we probably have a long leash on Trubisky here. I was concerned about it, but again, like it would have made sense for them to make a move coming into this week, right? Where they had the 10 days and you'd been able to get them up to speed. So, uh, but even so, like I, I can't imagine Trubisky doing enough to uh, get yanked in the middle of this one. If again, that's not fair because he sucks. So maybe it could happen, but also like, uh, I just, I'm with you. I already made the play on the job. Like, so. I, that would be like a good thing for my bet. Like if he gets yanked, probably I mean, true. like, mm-hmm. like Pickett goes in and just probably wins this game by a touchdown. Like that's like, you know, I'm totally fine with that. JD, any more thoughts on this match? I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. I, I hate, I'm not going to watch this game. doesn't matter. <laughs> unless, unless the underdog boys assigned it to me, I don't care about this game. Yeah, how'd you get back into that, by the way? I mean, you, you got off of that. We brought you over here to take you out of these, you know, assignments of having to watch and blurb. And then, you know, Hayden and Josh sign you back up to watch. Well, I'm not blurbing. I, I get to talk with my sure. friends. I, I'm sure. I'm here. Uh, what, what's one more show, Newton? Like everyone. No, I know, that's all, dude. That's why when people tweet me, like asking for my opinion, like you can't hear my opinion on nine different shows every week. Like I'm, I'm readily available for everyone. Like give uh, me a watch. I just, like, I just like talking with my friends. Plus, and I, I can't lie, the show is very good. I, I do listen to I it every week. That. Some, some great, great insights. A lot of good usage notes that you know. I mean, when you're watching the games, and you even if you go back and watch, you miss a few things here and there. The, so. the normal person enjoys Sundays. They go out and have drinks with their friends and just yell about games, but they don't get to see everything up close. And so it is my job to pay the penance in life and tell you what happens in detail because that's my job to study. So that's why we're here. I'm here so you can have fun. (laughs) Uh, Nothing's more fun than a two-team six-point teaser to bring us home. Got to stop the teasers, but okay. 
that cash for me last week. That was my only win was the teaser. They're through seven. <laughs> They're through seven. We're, exactly. we're doing it properly, at least. We're through three and seven here. Yeah. Uh, two legs, Denver, plus eight and a half. And the Rams, plus eight. Um, this is minus 120 on DraftKings. Um, Denver side, obviously Denver has been a mess offensively, right? It has been, it's been really tough to watch and they've been in prime time and uh, it's been, it's been really bad. They are historically bad in the red zone and it's just not sustainable. Uh, and I know it's not been great, but again, they are converted a touchdown on 14.3% of their red zone trips. Uh, league average is like 56%. So um, it is, no one's been worse in the last 10 years than 27%. So like they are half of what the league worst team is in the last decade. So there's a lot of positive regression here and the Raiders defense is struggling. And actually they've been played a little bit better, but some of the issues that they're going to have this week on the injury side, I don't think Nate Hobbs is going to play. Rocky sin is injured as well. There's going to be some ability to attack the secondary here. Uh, Hobbs has been great for the Raiders, and I don't think he plays. And I think that's a problem here. Uh, offensive line has been okay for Denver. And again, I think they're probably a good uh, outright look. Um, I don't think I'm alone on that. And now we're getting them, again, three through the three, through the seven, eight and a half. Um, Rams as well. Rams plus eight against the Niners. Look, these games have been really close over the last handful of years with McVay and Shanahan. Um, I think we also saw in that same game a really bad uh, outing from Jimmy G, who is definitely better than what we saw last week. But I do think the Trent Williams thing is a problem. I think it limits the upside. It limits what they want to do. We saw that in the Week 18 matchup between these two clubs where uh, San Fran won, but it was a 20-17 to 17 game. Uh, kept it really close because they have to get the ball out of Jimmy G's hands quickly because otherwise they're going to be severely limited. What he does in the running game is impactful as well. And I think his loss should be um, you know, maybe rate a little bit hard, higher in the market. I'm not super bullish on neither the Rams or the Broncos here, but I think that the other teams I'm a little bit uh, concerned about. So give me these two through the three, through the seven, JD, uh, minus 120 on DK. I would like to raise my hand to say I am bullish on the Broncos. I think it's a major bounce back week that Russ finally ends worlds again in this game. Uh, first off, the highest yards per attempt against man coverage. The Raiders have run man coverage or they've run zone coverage at the sixth lowest rate in the league. We know what they're going to send at Russ. But more importantly, this red zone regression you talk about, the Broncos are still getting it done on offense. They're above average. They're, they're top 15 in the league in yards per drive. They're just 31st in points inside the red zone because Russ is 8 of 18. They're still figuring out their play calling without a touchdown throwing inside the 20. The good news is Raiders are also bottom three and red zone scoring percentage, percentage allowed. Uh, over 80% of the red zone possessions against them have gone for points this year against Las Vegas. So I think it's a major bounce back spot for Russ and the Raiders, uh, Russ and the Broncos. I'll be double stacking them in DFS because no one's going to play them. So that was Daigle's third bet as well. Um, money so line. Money line. I'm, I'm eating the point and a half. I'm going money line. I think they take it to him. I do too, to be honest. Like I like that side more than And if they don't, anything. then we could drop Russell Wilson in fantasy. We're all good. Uh, Connor, any thoughts on uh, your Broncos, uh, teaser leg, money line, and any thoughts on the Rams too in the uh, Rams-Niners matchup? Well, if you think about it too, so coming into the season in our preview, I think that at least I talked about it, and I, I think we did collectively agree as a group that maybe it doesn't click right away for the Denver offense, and then it might take a little bit. So if you kind of zoom out, I mean, I know the optics surrounding, you know, the whole blue with Nathaniel Hackett and all that, you know, is 
pretty, looks pretty bad. But if you look at the numbers, like Daigle said, 14th in EPA, 9th in pass EPA, 16th in explosive pass rate. Defensively, 6th in EPA, 6th against the pass, 8th against the run. Like, this is a pretty good team. You know, this is not a this is not a bad team. But the national headlines are Nathaniel Hackett doesn't know how to get, manage a game. And, you know, the, the Broncos well, can't correct, score in the red zone. You know, like, those, that's fine, but, like, that's fixable. And, like, the, the red zone issues, I think, um, will bounce back, as you mentioned. And the and Nathaniel for- Hackett thing, they literally hired someone to, to do the job for him. And I don't know if you've looked into it yet, Connor, but futures bets are interesting because as everyone's freaking out about the Broncos, remember, nothing has changed in the AFC West because no one is trying to win that division right now. Literally every team is only getting worse as we move along. And so like it is still wide open. And if you look at the rest of the Broncos schedule, that was that was one of the points outside of adding Russell Wilson to a talented core and that the Broncos schedule is one of the easiest coming into the year. It's just as easy moving on. So like this is wide open now for them to just take the division. Right. 25 to one right now uh, to really? win the Super Bowl. And I mean, oh, that's I don't, like, I'm, I'm talking about like division winners and oh, maybe okay. make the Super Bowl winning Super Bowl. I'm not going to dabble. In I that. mean, if you wanted to do win the division 13 to one or 13 yeah. to, one to win the, to, no, to win the AFC, to win the AFC, to win right. the actual AFC West. Uh, plus 350. I mean, that's not bad. I either. like plus 350. Listen, yeah, I don't have to all be those a 20 to one, bro. I like plus 350 too. That's great. <laughs> that's uh, a great, those are great odds. Yep. I'm, I'm into it. Noonan, because, thoughts? because the past two weeks we've seen um, what we feared and that when you don't play the Cardinals defense that everyone except Baker Mayfield has had success against uh, Patrick Mahomes, like he's struggling with that an elite separator. Like when teams just throw their best player, even though the Colts didn't do this, they threw Zaire Franklin on Travis Kelsey on third down. But when the teams throw their best player at Travis Kelsey, what are you going to do? You have to have Juju MBS separate, and they're proving they can't do that, and that's why they're struggling right now. So without an elite offensive playmaker around Kelsey, like we're seeing the Chiefs just being a boring offense against 2i safety, which was the concern coming into the year. So I do truly think Denver, it's wide open for them. Yeah, yeah I also Chargers just getting hit here with injuries again. It's, it's just, crazy. dude, they're cursed. Crazy. I've never, not even the Jets are this cursed. It's unbelievable. I know. I feel bad for Feinberg because, you know. And, and we talked about it last, uh, a couple weeks ago with Feinberg as well. Like, the issue is too, like, their coaching has gone worse. Media destroyed our boy, Brandon Staley. It's not his fault. Uh, his mentions burned to the ground. He just got tired and he got bland instead. He's like, no, I'm just giving in to Twitter. I don't care anymore. We're no longer going forward on fourth down. Justin Herbert's not going to throw deep at all. Like we don't care about being good. We're just going to make everyone happy now. Like, and so they suck. They're boring. Poor Jeff came on with a Staley shirt on. He was like ready. Like he's buying all in. Yeah. I mean, I mean the massive injuries with the offensive line and, and, you know, Bosa like Slater and Bosa are so impactful. Yeah. And you laugh at like the Jalen Guyton injury thinking it doesn't matter. Like that's oh. the fastest dude on the team. Yeah. He's the one person who can separate downfield. I for love sure. Josh Palmer and Josh Palmer has been a wide receiver three for fantasy. He's playing 95% of the snaps now with Keenan Allen. First off, Keenan Allen is a difference maker uh, who may have actually re-aggravated his soft tissue injury in practice. He left early. We have to wait and watch that, but also like, even Josh Palmer and Mike Williams don't separate. They depend on 50-50 balls, and they're good on them. But you have to have a guy who can take shots downfield, and they don't have that. You can't depend on DeAndre Carter every week. So it's a, it's a mess right now. Yeah, I so I think the Nathaniel Hackett stuff is real. It's shocking. Um, the level of ineptitude and how it happens week in and week out. Same time, it doesn't mean that they can't still win this division because they do have a talented roster. We've talked about this roster for years. They're quarterback away. And yeah, it hasn't been great, but I think some of this stuff is just going to regress, as we mentioned, mostly in the red zone. 
I still am of the mindset that the Kansas City defense is a below average unit. And I know some advanced metrics will tell you that they're not, that they're a top 10 unit. And I just disagree. I don't think that the secondary is anything we need to be concerned about. I think George Kaloftis is a nice addition and is probably a, a nice piece for them. And that's the pass rush, which is probably average or a little bit above average. I think the secondary is a, a really a, a problem outside of Darius Sneed in the slot. So I think you can beat them on the outside with good perimeter receivers and uh, a healthy Broncos squad has that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't hate that look at all. I'm kind of with JD. Like I'm not a futures to win the Super Bowl kind of guy, but you know, they're two and one despite all this stuff, right? So they're still in the mix. The schedule is still easy. I don't hate that look at all. I think they get off uh, to, you know, continue. This is a big win in the division too. I mean, kind of keeps the Raiders down, um, you know, own four is a rough start for them and uh, kind of keeps them out of the way too. Cause again, they're, they're, uh, they're off to a rough one. And again, there's a lot of squeaky wheel stuff around Devonte Adams here too. Patrick Sertain is kind of like the real deal. They're, Top three in DVOA against wide receiver ones. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that Sertain's going to match up and lock down Devontae one on one, but again, with the, some of the limitations that they have, looks like Hunter Renfro probably misses again as well. You know, the uh, Josie Jules coming back, came back last week at linebacker position. They're probably a little bit better. I mean, Justin Simmons is still out. So, you know, over the middle, they're still a little bit susceptible to nice tight end play, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, bullish in uh, the Broncos money line here too. So uh, no problem with that look. All right, gents. That does it for the week. I feel good guys. I feel like, you know, we're turning the page in a really positive way. Those, those win loss records are coming back. We, we always sound good. We'll see if it leads to one and two. I don't even remember week three. I don't even remember it. It's, it's gone. It's out of my memory. Listen, you know, folks who made the decision to tail or not, we've been doing this for a long time, proven track record of winning. This is going to happen. Uh, I was just like, I made the analogy to Connor. I think we were talking like, you know, for anyone that's out there and like a baseball fan, if you start the season and you're like a guy's like one for 24 to start the year, which we're not that bad, but like it's, it looks rough. You're like, son of a bitch, this guy's hitting like, you know, 075. But if that one for 24 happened in like, you know, late July, no one knows about it. Right? It's just kind of a blimp in the radar. So unfortunately, it's magnified for us personally because we haven't got off to a bad start like this in the five years we've been doing this, but we're going to move forward. We need to be positive and I feel pretty good about the process. And uh, again, if we were up here just being just throwing out random stuff, yeah, like this, yeah, we're bouncing back just for nothing. We're trying to follow the analysis behind it too. I think we are uh, giving sound takes. So I feel good we, about the positions very, you guys have too. Very quickly also, Brian asked, what day is that marathon? The Chicago Marathon is next Sunday. Not this upcoming Sunday, but Sunday of week five. And I am popping a link in the chat right now for everyone because – our own, not only Chris Allen, but our own Sam Hoppin is running on behalf of mental health, one of the charities he believes in very much. I also believe in it, and he's close to his fundraising goals. So if you want to donate like a cup of coffee or whatever, the link is now in the chat for you too. Love it. Good luck to Sam. Good luck to Chris. Uh, hang in there. Good luck to us who are just going to be eating Wingstop and drinking while they're yep. running. <laughs> you got to put the you know body glide on those nips. Uh, make sure you're good. Those things will. Uh, you're telling me to do that. Thing. I'm just gonna be drinking beer on the sideline. Do I need to body glide the nips too? Or? I think you just. I think it's a good rule of thumb to just body glide the nips. You're never gonna be like, I shouldn't have body put body glide on. I'm no a I'm a body glide everything guy. Uh, because I've I've chafed everywhere, and you figure out that it's not fun wherever it may pop up at. Doesn't matter. Yep, I totally agree. So, good luck to uh to everyone doing that next week. But uh, yeah, again, 
hang out with us uh, tomorrow on the Prop Show. Again, same channel, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, Connor, myself, and Pat Mayo. Uh, Daigle's got lots of stuff. As you mentioned, nine shows a week, written content. Again, 444.com slash plans, September gets you 25% off. Get the betting sub. That gets you access to everything on the site. You can read all the articles we write. Again, tools, projections, DFS, optimizers, all that stuff. Uh, no matter how you like to get down season long, you know we're, we're in the streets no matter where you want to go. So I uh, appreciate you guys as always. For Connor and Daniel, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs>